Welcome to the Watson Innovations Podcast, brought to you by IBM. My name is Eve Marie Lanza. Data is everywhere, and yet valuable insights are hard to find. That's because much of this data is unstructured in the form of verbal commands, social media posts, and even text speak. If you're a developer, you've no doubt felt the pressure to create an app that can unlock the potential in all that data. Cognitive APIs may be the key. Using Cognitive APIs, you can develop powerful applications powered by AI and machine learning quickly and easily. But where do you start? To help us explore this topic, I'm speaking with Zach Walchuk. Zach is a developer evangelist for IBM Watson. He works with developers to make the steps between great ideas and viable products as easy and fun as possible. Zach is the host of the popular Building with Watson webinar series, and is a frequent presence on the IBM Watson Developer Slack channel. Hi, Zach. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. First of all, what's an API? So API is an acronym, and it stands for Application Programming Interface. And I think the best way to think of it is a way that you can kind of define a way for people to access some of the functionality of your software in a way that you have control over what functionality to access and they're able to use that functionality, whether it's in their own applications or in other places. Software companies have been designing APIs for internal and external use for years now, but we're really starting to see a broad API economy right now where there's many, many software providers who are actually providing all of their services as these APIs that can simply be accessed by anyone with a web connection. So they're designed for developers to connect different bits of functionality and bring them together into their application You can kind of stack APIs on top of each other, similar to building with Legos or building blocks, something like that, where you can actually put the output of one API into the input of another and really kind of build your application around these different chunks of functionality. With IBM Watson, we actually have a whole suite of our cognitive solutions that are available as these web-based APIs. Great. That's great background. So you mentioned cognitive. What's a cognitive API? Cognitive is looking at being able to understand things in a similar way as a human might understand it or in a more natural sense. So we say that cognitive systems are systems that can understand reason and learn. And basically what we're getting at there is they use some advanced machine learning techniques and things as deep learning and neural networks to really help understand data in a way that really wasn't possible before, to look on a massive scale at data such as text and images that is harder to quantify than uh, databases or spreadsheets, and really get meaning from that and get context from that, and then use that to continuously make the system uh, smarter. So we have these cognitive APIs, and basically these APIs do this type of learning or have been trained using this type of learning, but they kind of break up the functionality into individual facets. So we have some APIs that might handle um, natural language understanding. We have some APIs that can do image recognition. We can do voice detection. We can do personality analysis. We can do emotion analysis. All these different pieces of our system that are possible because we have a system that is trainable and can learn, uh, we now have exposed as these developer APIs that anyone can use. That's really interesting. So in your experience, what are developers looking to actually do with these cognitive APIs? There's a whole lot of things that people are trying to do with these APIs. We've seen a lot of 
people trying to use these APIs to understand information at scale. So uh, one of the things that we see is, uh, you know, there's billions and billions of web pages out there. There's, there's billions of documents, and they're not always well tagged. They're not always well structured. They're hard to get information from without sitting there and going through and reading them. So this is one area where these APIs really allow people to kind of have an advantage is they can look at massive amounts of documents and get some real insight from it all in a very quick time. So it allows people to build applications quickly. Uh, one of the cool things about these APIs is, you know, they're kind of up and ready. They're ready to go. So you might have some basic configuration, some basic training on a few of the APIs to make them work for your use case. But for the most part, these APIs are just ready to go, and you can take advantage of our system that has been trained on, you know, all these web pages. So we, we see developers taking different pieces of this. So they might take a speech-to-text, for example, to transcribe audio, and then they might use something like our Keyword Extraction API to get an understanding of what's being said in um, whether it's a YouTube video or a podcast or something like that. And they can put these pieces together and have a system that's automatically transcribing audio and telling you the key features of it in half an hour or an hour, you know, depending on, on their experience. It's, it's really easy to combine these pieces together and scale out your applications without having to build this technology from the ground up. How is Watson helping developers do that to be able to build applications in minutes instead of probably months? Yeah, so we have this offering called the Watson Developer Cloud. Um, it's been around now for around a, a year or two where all these APIs are kind of hosted. They're part of this developer cloud. And what we do is we make it as easy as possible uh, for you to get up and running on the, this different functionality. Uh, and we're continuously updating these services, making them run better, and also continuously adding new services and new tooling. But in addition to just our APIs that we have available, we have a whole bunch of other resources that get developers up and running quickly. So every one of our APIs is going to have you know, a full detailed documentation, but they're also going to have a demo that shows you the basic functionality of that API. But all of our demos have code that is publicly available on GitHub. So if you try out one of our services and you say, oh, I really like how that service works, this would work really well for an application I'm building, you can take our demo code and have that as the, you know, the core of your application or a piece of your application so you don't have to start from scratch. In addition to these basic demos, we have things that we call starter kits. And these are where we show actually combinations of APIs working together to solve a business problem. So we have these starter kits that show you how one API is going to connect to another API and some of the best practices involved with that. So these resources are available as well as a number of different forums for support. So we have um, an active presence on, on Stack Overflow. We also have our own developer works forums, which are really great for technical questions. And then we also have a developer Slack channel. That's actually a place for people to have more open discussions about projects they're working on or ideas they have and not only get input from Watson experts, but they can also get input from other developers. And that, that's really where we're starting to see a lot of the best values, other developers sharing their stories of, I tried this and it didn't work. I tried this. This was actually the best solution. Uh, and, and we really have this community where you can reach out to, um, to get started quickly and then to get your more uh, technical questions answered as well. In your interactions with developers, what can you share that is making them most successful when it comes to building cognitive applications? 
the most successful applications and the most successful developers are those that are actually combining uh, multiple APIs together. So, you know, you, you might get a lot of information from using, for example, our Tone Analyzer API to look at how someone is responding to your conversation. But that Tone Analyzer API is going to be really powerful when you're combining it maybe with the Personality Insights API as well. And maybe the natural language classifier to um, help give you some more automation on what you're doing. So really, most applications that are built with the Watson APIs that are doing a lot are going to combine you know, anywhere from two to three, and some might even have more. Uh, because we do have different APIs that cover different kind of specialties and different little areas of uh, insight that you might want to get, when you combine them all together, you get a full picture of what's happening with, with your user or with the data that you're looking at. That sounds really interesting. Can you tell us more about that? What's an example of the different kinds of applications that can be created using a combination of different APIs? So there are actually a whole bunch of applications out there that people are building with these APIs. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple that I've seen used over and over. And one of them is this idea of an application with a conversational interface. So it's not necessarily something that's restricted to just a standalone application, uh, but it could actually be incorporated into any application that you're building where you want to interact with the user in a very natural way. So rather than having something like a screen or a menu where you're clicking and pointing, uh, it's actually the system or, or this application that's asking your user questions and talking with them to get an idea of what their needs are. It could be something that's done through your cell phone. Uh, it could be texting. It could be done on an online chat window. Uh, if you do it over the phone, you can even use things like speech-to-text and text-to-speech. So there's actual audio being transmitted, and then that is transcribed into text to be used in uh, conversation service. Uh, but there, there's a couple different pieces that would be put together to make a system like this that, that can work and that can appropriately answer questions and give meaningful information. So at the core of this is going to be our um, Watson Conversation API. And then we would combine that with our Retrieve and Rank API to help give answers. So the Conversation API is going to take uh, short bits of text. These are going to be you know, questions or commands. And the first thing it's going to try to do is classify them. Uh, and, and this allows you to start to get an idea of what the user might be looking for. Uh, we call these intents. So you train up this conversation service to recognize different intents. If it was an IT support application, uh, for example, you could train it to recognize when someone wants to change their password. You have all these different ways of them trying to say, I need to change my password. You, you could say, I want to change my password. Uh, my password has expired. I need new credentials. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can say this. Some might have the word password in it. Some might not. But you train it on all these examples so that in the future, it should be able to recognize new ways that people are saying it, even if you don't have them explicitly trained. So once you figure out these intents, then you want to have some idea of what your responses are going to be based on what the user is saying. So there's a dialogue scripting piece as part of this conversation as well. And this is all done through a nice graphic interface where you can actually lay it out as like a flowchart of nodes that are going to respond to different conditions. And these conditions can be things related to the intent that you picked up earlier. So the final piece that you would integrate in here is the retrieve and rank. So retrieve and rank would work with this conversation API, and it's designed to kind of answer the long tail questions. So with our 
intent classification in the conversation service, there are a few questions or capabilities that we know, you know, we're designed to handle, we can really handle. And so we train it to actually recognize those things and extract the appropriate information to be able to handle those basic tasks. But for some of these long-tail questions, things that might not be as obvious, we can still answer them by taking our documents that we have and putting them into a database. And that's what Retrieving Rank is. It's a database that we can search over, and it's actually trained to provide the most relevant answers based on, again, sample questions that you provide. So you can add this Retrieving Rank to the conversation service, and it just makes it much more powerful. It allows you to answer things that go beyond just your very common questions. And you could add a few more services in here as well to make it more interesting. Uh, personality insights would help you get an idea of your, your user's personality so you could actually tailor the conversation to them. Tone Analyzer is a great resource. This API allows you to kind of get the emotional tone of the conversation. So if someone's getting angry or, or upset, then you might want to escalate it to um, bringing a human into the conversation rather than relying on the automated chat agent. Um, so we're, we're actually seeing this type of an interface, this conversation interface being used by a lot of companies to help automate things like a concierge service or uh, IT support. You could use this, you know, if you have phone lines and you, you don't have enough agents to necessarily be able to get to everyone right away, you could have these virtual agents take things first and kind of prioritize the calls that are coming in. And then, if needed, you can transfer that to a human representative. Very nice. I could see how a lot of organizations would find a capability like that really useful. Is there another example of a cognitive application that combines multiple cognitive APIs that companies might find useful? Yeah, another really useful one and one we see used very often is this idea of a social media monitoring application. Um, there are a number of companies that do this, and the idea is social media is full of information, and there's all sorts of things that you can extract from that, but it, it's not an easy data source to work with. You do have a little bit of structure in terms of hashtags, um, but for the most part, you're, you're working with unstructured data. It's text in, in tweets or Facebook posts or you know, any other social media that you might have. Um, it might be photos on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And what, what we found is that in order to understand this, you really want to be able to look into that text. So this is where things like keyword extraction works very well. So a social media monitoring app would combine something like Alchemy Language, which contains a number of features that are useful, uh, keyword extraction, and then entity extraction is going to pull out people and companies that are mentioned and tell you a little about, you know, is this a person? Is this a company? It will also allow you to make sure, you know, that if people are mentioning your company, it's that company that's being mentioned and not something with a similar name. Um, we can do sentiment analysis. This is a really big one. Uh, sentiment analysis allows you to figure out if the text is positive or negative, and it, it's targeted. It's not just, is this a positive tweet? Is this a negative tweet? You can say, when my company is mentioned, is it mentioned positively or is it mentioned negatively? So that, that's a very useful aspect right there in your social media monitoring. But then you combine that with some, some of these other services. So again, personality insights would be a good one. You can actually, looking either at individual people and, and what they're saying, or looking across a group of people, you know, maybe your group of followers and looking at how they all respond and react on social media, what they're saying, 
you can kind of build a personality profile and get, get an idea of the people who seem to like us tend to have this type of personality characteristics. So when you're reaching out and trying to find more people that you may want to contact, or if you're just trying to get a, a better idea of, you know, why people might be mentioning you one way or another, you have some more information there with that personality. Uh, but then you could add something like our visual recognition service as well to begin to understand the images. So we can not only look at what's in the image, you know, general tags, such as the, this is a dog, this is a car, this is a truck, that type of thing. We can also look at text within the images. So we can extract brand names out of there. We can extract relevant information, what words are in those images. And then we can do some face detection as well. So you can get basic demographics, you know, estimated age ranges. Uh, we can try to guess gender as well. And all that information is going to feed into this type of social media monitoring application. So what it's allowing you to do is take these massive amounts of data that's pretty unstructured and doesn't really provide much information on the surface and allows you to dig into it and you can kind of aggregate across different channels and uh, across different users and, and figure out how people are, are either talking about you and your brand or maybe your customer and, and their brand and figure out, you know, what are, might be some of the problem areas and what might be some of the good things or what might be opportunities for reaching out to them in very specific ways. Awesome. Those are some really great ideas. So for developers who want to use cognitive APIs to build apps like the ones you mentioned, what are some things to keep in mind? You know, when you're building your app, as I mentioned before, it's really good for developers to just start digging in and really get an idea of how these APIs work and really play around with a lot of different examples because each of these APIs does something slightly different and they each bring a different value to the table. And some of them may be similar, but provide something that's unique to your use case. So it's all about getting up and playing with these APIs a little bit, which again, because they're just these basic web APIs, it's pretty easy to do, pretty easy to get started. Each of these APIs does have a, a free tier at the beginning of using it so that you can prototype and experiment a little bit. But then, you know, as you're building, what we've seen with a, a lot of people is that you want to be continuously improving. If you're using things like natural language classifier and retrieve and rank, they're only your classifiers and your rankers are only going to be as good as the training data that you provide. So you are going to have some initial training data, but then as your users start using your application as you have testers and beta users and alpha users, you're going to get a little more input about the types of questions people actually do ask or about the type of data people are actually looking for. And you want to use that to continue to modify your app. So you want to have some way in your application to be recording that data, recording what people are asking and figuring out what works best for your application to have a feedback loop so that you are improving the results of your service as you move forward. Beyond that, you know, it's all about, with most of these services, again, it's all about your data and, and making sure you have access to the best data you can get because the better your data is, then the better results you can get out of that. Zach, you've provided us a lot of great information today. Thank you so much. Where can listeners go to find out more about Watson Cognitive APIs? We do have what we call the Watson API Mashup Guide, and this is basically a document that shows some from a high level, some of these examples of how APIs can be combined to solve some real business problems. So if you go to ibm.biz backslash mashup guide, all one word, you can download a free copy of that. Thanks again for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Of course. It's been great. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today.
you can see a demo of the new Watson Conversation service SAC mentioned at ibm.biz backslash Watson Conversation. You can also find out more about other Watson APIs, as well as get links to the resources mentioned on today's show on the IBM Watson blog at ibm.biz backslash the Watson blog. Don't forget to tune in to the next Watson Innovations podcast. Bye for now.